Now we pray over this prayer cloth. Father, we thank you for the healing power that's in the blood of Jesus. That by your stripes, we are healed. We thank you that according to Acts the 19th chapter, hands are laid upon this. The anointing goes into this cloth. When it's brought to those who are sick or demon-possessed, that anointing escapes this cloth, moves into their bloodstream, brings about a healing and a cure. Father, we're just so thankful. We're so grateful. Even in this place right now, that you are present to heal. We thank you, Lord, for every ailment. The anointing is present to bring a healing and a cure. For every bondage that people suffer, I thank you that you are here by your anointing to break every yoke of bondage. For every life that has been shattered, by life, by relationship, that you are here by the anointing to put it back together again, to restore. I thank you that you open up a place of utterance that as the word goes forth, it is clear that the debt has been paid by the blood of Jesus. And so we do thank you. We thank you for healing bodies. We thank you for everything that will be accomplished this morning by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Once again, good morning. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. You are in uh, for a great treat. Some of you might have been in first service, but if you weren't here, we had an awesome time. Uh, First service this morning uh, with the Hankins, and we are blessed to have them back with us this morning. Uh, They have been coming for uh, a long time and a number of years, and uh, the relationship that we have with them uh, certainly has been blessed. Personally, our relationship with them, we, we honor that. We are so grateful for that friendship, that divine connection that they give to us, and the ability to pray with them, to hear the word. We're just at a spiritual leadership conference, uh, just a tremendous conference that they have in Louisiana, and spent time uh, there receiving the word and, and spent time with them. They're such a blessing, but also the relationship that they have with you, the church, and uh, what they impart to you every time that they come of the Word and of the Spirit of God. And so we're just so grateful for divine relationships and the things that come and are imparted. We're glad that they're with us today. We've been looking forward to these meetings. Uh, They got moved around a little bit, but uh, praise the Lord. God's timing and uh, what He has planned in every situation and, and circumstance. And so really open up your hearts. Just get ready to receive what God has from the gifts that are in Mark and Trina Hankins, and put your hands together and welcome them as they come to minister to us today. Praise the Lord. Take it, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Well, I guess you've been coming like 40 years almost, and you may know all my sermons by now. But I might have a trick for you. Uh, those are the Afro hair. So I'm going to preach on the mark of the beast today. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> your hair was a little different back in the My hair? Day. Well, what do you mean, huh? 70s. Well, we just believe it's holding on hold tight. On. Just let it hold on. Don't turn loose. Better to turn gray than turn loose. Anyway, we are super blessed to be here. First of all, uh, your pastors are two of the best yeah. pastors in the yeah. whole world and uh, amazing thank y'all so much for being friends so many years and this is this is just one of the best churches in america right here amen so we're blessed to be here and And mark uh, it's so beautiful you guys own this place right i mean 
We just drive along the highway and look up and, wow, how many acres? 17? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To Amen. God be the glory. It's beautiful. Wow, yeah. Praise the Lord. That's amazing grace. Mm -hmm. This is amazing grace. grace. You know, sometimes you have to entertain yourself. Glad to see our friends from Louisiana. Amen. Hey, are y'all out here standing here for a little while? Praise the Lord. And uh, our friends here from uh, Washington, D.C., Mar-a-Lago, uh, Trump's house. This is home. Um, Amen. Right? And so, uh, wow. Praise God. Fun. Praise the Lord. Should I tell them a joke? Which one's your favorite joke you want me to tell them today? The Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. Don't look at anybody and say, you look like you need some medicine. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. About the, oh, about the, the pastor that had to take his wife to the doctor. And the doctor said, why why you have your wife here? And he said, well, because it was my wife snoring. The doctor said, well, it, does it disturb you? And he said, well, it disturbs my whole church. <laughs> I don't know. She's up there. <laughs> She's heard that sermon before. She's like, <laughs> she entered into rest. <laughs> well, here's kind of a redneck joke, you know, about the uh, two rednecks that were out fishing, you know. And, and uh, one of them says, the other one says, you know, I think I'm going to divorce the wife. The other said, why are you going to divorce your wife? He said, well, she ain't spoke to me in two months. The other one said, well, I don't know. I'd think about that. If I was you, it's hard to get a woman like that. I want to keep her. She ain't spoke to me in two months. <laughs> All right. You think anything else? You be peace and I'll be quiet. You be peace and I'll be quiet. What is that one? Quiet. I'll be quiet. Oh, 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 she's going to actually be quiet. <laughs> wow, this has been a great service already. So, <laughs> see a few women kind of glaring at me like, oh, I should have waited until after the offering to tell that one. Anyway, so, uh, the, 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 uh, a merry heart is like medicine. All right, so what about, let's see. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Uh, scientists have proven that women who gain weight actually live longer than the men who mention it. <laughs> uh, that that's the truth. That's an that's easy one right there. Um, Brother Copeland's favorite joke is always a good one. It's always a good one. Um, did you hear about the butcher that took his wife to a party for the very first time? So he was introducing her around, and he said, meet Patty. <laughs> I don't know. A few little laughs here and there. It's just really tough, these people here. You could at least get a courtesy laugh from people in Louisiana. Uh, oh, did you like the one I told about the two rednecks that were out fishing? Yeah, I like that one. Two rednecks were out fishing, and... And uh, so they really wanted to go out fishing real, real far out in the lake. So they rented a boat to go out to the lake. And, man, they caught so many fish. 
when they're headed back to the shore, the other one says, one of them says, the other one says, uh, uh, did you mark the spot where we caught all those fish? The other one said, well, absolutely. He said, well, how'd you mark it? He said, I put an X in the bottom of the boat. <laughs> the other one said, well, you idiot. How do you know we'll get the same boat next time? <laughs> all right, see, I laughed, I laughed. All right, all right, forget that. So... <laughs> Did you know, actually, uh, um, doctors say that your body cannot tell the difference between a fake laugh and a real laugh. In other words, you get the same benefit even if it's a fake laugh. All right? So you could like to just do a courtesy laugh. It would actually help you even if it's a fake laugh, right, instead of a real laugh. Ha, 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 ha. The devil says, what you laughing about you? I'm laughing at you, devil. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> All right, look, let me give you this. Trina's going to sing here. Did you know Trina has a new book called Effective Prayer for Your Family? Wow. And she started writing this book when uh, Dylan, our grandson, was three yes. years old. Well, that's when I got my ammunition. You know, when you go to pray, you got to get your ammunition. That's when you load up mm -hmm. in the secret place. Mm -hmm. You put it in the uh, chamber. You get in the chamber, and God yeah. gives you some yeah. bullets. <laughs> And that's a word. And Dylan was facing death, you know. He's three yeah. years old. And so I got up in the bedroom and got the Bible out and said, okay, God, I know your word cannot lie. What does yes. it say right now? Talk to me. And he said, start in the Old Testament. I have a blood covenant that yeah. I've made yeah. from Noah. Yeah. Preserved his family, made an ark. All the way to all the, the, way the, through. Scarlet, the scarlet cord hanging yes. out the window. And, and it's careful. all based on the blood of Jesus. The blood, faith in the blood. And yeah. I saw that uh, at the be very beginning. Even how to have communion you know, and, and apply the blood over your family. Yes. You do that many times. Yes. And now Dylan is on his first he's, basketball team running around all he's over the place. He's doing great. And, uh, the Holy Ghost said... You yeah. know, the Holy Spirit will help you speak. He's a spirit of faith. And so he'll help you say words mm -hmm. of faith. So right at the very beginning, at the onset right, of David, uh, Dylan's right. attack. I didn't, you don't have to do like the whole book. But well, this is that, it. It's pretty Got good, it. though. This so. is it. <laughs> Devil, in Jesus' name, I break your right. assignment against Dylan. Dylan, by the blood. And in Jesus' name, I connect Dylan to his divine destiny. Amen. He will live and not die and do and the will die. of God. And now he's running all over the place, healed and healthy. Amen. Well, you know, it makes a big difference when you have just one believer, one prayer in the family can affect the whole family. It could be the dad, could be the mom. In my case, it was probably my mom. So, so I married a praying woman full of faith, and wow, she is amazing. Praise the Lord. And so she tells you how to pray for your family. We have seen your family, and you need prayer. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> don't act like you don't need that. Say, ah, I got a perfect family here. Um, but uh, the problem, the only problem we have is that the first service bought all the books. Now, you people, the early bird gets the word. You people that sleep late and look what has happened. So what we're going to do is, what we're going to do is send y'all a bunch more from our office tomorrow so you'll have them by next Sunday. And uh, so, um, Wow. 
Where's my friend? Oh, man, you are so slow. I'm telling you, Lord have mercy. I hope you don't work by the hour. Anyway, so <laughs> look, uh, look at somebody whose family. Uh, give it to Lauren. She's got a bunch of kids, so you give it. She really needs that. Maybe not. She don't need it. She's like, I don't know. Just pray about it. Be led to go out there. <laughs> then we have three new books. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, where are you going? Look. Oh, man. Go ahead. You're doing all right. I mean, she's happy. But this lady up here, like, she comes all the way to the front. She has gray hair. She's like, her arms out like this. <laughs> And you walk right by her and take it back to people in the back room. I don't know about that. Anyway, we'll get you one after church. All right. So this one's called The Great or the Greatest Confession. And it's on your confession of faith that Jesus is Lord and all that means to you and how to hold fast to that. So that's one of my favorite books right there. Give it to somebody. All the books are half price. Do you see anybody? Do you see anybody that needs that? This guy's he's on the front row. Look at that. Reward people that come to the front row, man. All right. This is called the God kind of life, eternal life. We taught on that the first service, and I don't know, may or may not this service. I'll know in a few minutes. But uh, on the God kind of life and and, uh, the life of God. And so what it is, what it does in you, what it does for you, and uh, know how to acknowledge what you have, that you've been born again having the life of God in you. It makes you better looking. It makes you strong. It makes you move faster. He's got, anyway, go ahead and give that to whoever you want to. He's going to keep that one. <laughs> All right. Woo. Uh, this book is on the honor, honor above and beyond, the honor of God above and beyond. See, there's a lady right here. Hands up. All right. So honor, first commandment in the Bible with promise is to honor your father and your mother. First commandment, he says, you'll live a long life and it will be well with you. So we talk a lot about honor here and how it works and the rewards of honor, the blessing of honor, your attitude of honor towards those over you, to those in your family, those under you, learning honor, right? And he didn't say honor your father and your mother if you agree with them. So you don't have to agree with them, but you do have to watch your attitude. Honor your father and your mother, right? Huh? You ne- <laughs> huh? Well, <laughs> oh, you want that one? Ah, uh, y'all, y'all did hear that um, that that uh, Biden had to go to the hospital, and um, because he couldn't stop Putin, so he had to go to the hospital, and he's. He's still in there, so he's trying to figure out a way to stop, stop Putin. Anyway, so. <laughs> All right, forget that. All right, now here's the CDs. If you, don't have a, if you don't have a CD player, then you can take the Mark Hankins Ministries app, download the app. All the messages are on the app free. So you don't have to buy any of the CDs unless you want a CD. This was one of my favorites on revolutionary revelation, ever breakthrough in faith, breakthrough in revelation knowledge. If you have a CD player, get that one. This is on your in Christ identity. You're not what your mama made you. You're not what your past made you. You're the workmanship of God created in Christ. Your identification with Christ. So who you want to give that one to, brother? Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. And Trina, 
Praise the Lord. Pray for Biden. See if we can't get him out of the hospital. <laughs> Do you have a spirit of faith this morning? Come on, you have to believe and say something, right? When COVID first broke out, the Holy Ghost said, remember John 16, 33. Jesus said, these things were I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome him because Come on, what does it say? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Woo! That's a spirit of faith. I believe and I speak. 1 John 5, 4, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. How many overcomers do we have born of God? And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Can you turn me up up here? I'm, I need to be loud. Okay, thank you. I want you to, uh, I don't have the lyrics for this, but just go ahead and stand up. All right? Overcomers, stand to your feet right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say this. Go ahead and kick that song on. Say, greater is he. Who is in me than he who is in the world? Raise your hand up and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you can too. Amen. Give me more volume. Woo. <laughs> Whoa. Come on. We're moving forward. We're not going back. We're going up. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm reaching for the prize. I'm giving everything. I give my life for this. It's what I live for. Nothing will keep me from all that you have for me. You hold my head up high. I live for you. Greater is he that's living in me than he that is in the world. Come on, faith, I can move a mountain. I can do all things through Christ. I know faith, standing and believing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Woo. Come on, there's some mountain movers in this room. <laughs> I'm reaching for the prize. I'm giving everything. I give my life for this. It's what I live for. Nothing will hurt me from all that you have for me. You hold my head up high. I live for you. Because greater is he that's living in me than he that is in the world. Yeah. Faith. I can move a mountain. I can do all things through Christ. I know faith. Standing and believing, I can do all things through Christ. Whose strength, say it again, faith. I can move a mountain. I can do all things through Christ. I know faith. Standing and believing, I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Come on, the Bible says, by his stripes. I am healed. 
You say, by Jesus' stripe, I am healed. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you. Come on, you say it. Greater is he woo, that lives in me. Now shout. Come on, faith has a shout. <laughs> greater is he that's living in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Come on, shout. Faith, I can move them. I can do all things through Christ. I know. Faith, standing and believing. I can do all things through Christ. The strength, come on, you can. Faith, I can move a mountain. I can do all things through Christ. I know. Faith, standing and believing. I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Actually, Trina has uh, eight granny awards. Uh, granny awards, I said to granny. The only thing about being married... <laughs> The only thing about being a grandpa, being married to a grandma, that's all I can say. All right. So, praise the Lord. Wasn't that great? Amen. Wow. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. The entrance of your word gives light, that we live in the light of redemption. We live in the light of your love. We live in the light. We thank you, Lord, that your word works mightily and effectually in us who believe. We receive with meekness. We humble ourselves for fresh revelation, fresh application of your word that will not be hearers only, we'll be doers of the word. We'll act upon your word, and your word works mightily and effectually in us who believe. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost who is our helper and our strengthener, the spirit of truth that leads us and guides us into all truth. So we thank you, Lord, for working in us today that we'll not leave here the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, 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 amen. Wow, you can sit down if you want to. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Glory, 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 glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So how would you act if you already had that thing you've been believing for, man? I just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. I believe. I believe. I receive. Amen. I'm a believer. I believe. I receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here, and then we're just going to act like the Bible is true. 2 Corinthians 4.13, where we want to get started. 2 Corinthians 4.13. <laughs> and here the Apostle Paul says what we have. What we have, not what we're trying to get, not what we're someday going to get. He said, this is what we have, and if you know you got it, then it's not arrogant to say you got it. Right. Right. <laughs> Amen. Yes. And so Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, he's not being arrogant at all. He's just, 
He's just declaring, we have the same spirit of faith. We have, actually says, having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. He said, we also believe and therefore speak. And so believing is the attitude of faith, the attitude. When you have a spirit of faith, you have an attitude. Let's try that again. The spirit of faith affects your attitude. Amen. You're never fighting for victory. You're always fighting from victory. Amen. Because you have your victory in Christ and seated with him. So the spirit of faith really is a spirit of victory is what Kenneth E. Hagin said. The spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. That means you live uh, with an attitude of faith. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. My faith is in God. My faith is in the Word of God. My faith is in the blood of Jesus. My faith is in the name of Jesus. And so as you declare your faith, actually, Dad Hagen said that your faith is in the indwelling Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Your faith is in the Spirit of God living in you so that you're not just having faith in God who's way off far up there, but you're having faith in the Spirit of God who dwells in you. He's the one that is the greater one. He's the one that puts you over. He's the one. Amen. <laughs> and so when he says this in 2 Corinthians 4.13, I always think of 2 Corinthians 4.8. So maybe if you run back to 4.8, because in 2 Corinthians 4.8, just because you have a spirit of faith does not mean that you don't have any adversity. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, don't mean that you don't have any challenges. So some people say, well, if I have spirit of faith, how come I have so many challenges? Well, the apostle Paul had spirit of faith, and he had quite a few challenges. Matter of fact, he says in verse 8, he said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I mean, I like to live on that side of it. Instead of talking about your trouble, you say, I'm really not distressed. <laughs> So Paul said, we got trouble and everything. He said, not distressed. He said, we are perplexed. How many of you know what perplexed means? I can see it on your face. Anyway, <laughs> we are perplexed. <laughs> he says, but not in despair. Yes. Right? It wasn't perplexed. In other words, just because you're following Jesus doesn't mean that you're never perplexed. Perplexed just simply means, now, why did that happen? Something you said after the election. But anyway, if you're perplexed, you're like, how did that happen? Like, what, what is happening here? You know, um, when you see things around you, maybe personal, maybe things in the world, perplexed. He said, but we're not in despair. We're not in despair. Amen. So you never let the question that you have push you to despair. Because some of the questions that you have may not be answered for a while. And then he says, uh, we are troubled on every side. And next one he says, we are persecuted, but not forsaken. In other words, we have uh, adversaries. We've got enemies, people that do and say things. That, and you're like, why in the world? You know? But he said, but we are not forsaken. Everybody say, I'm not forsaken. If you're not forsaken... Then that's what uh, Paul said in Hebrews. He said, Jesus said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. So you can boldly say what? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear 
what man can do unto me. Everybody say, I'm not forsaken. That means I am never alone. I'm never without appropriate help. I'm never forsaken. That's a blood covenant promise. Next, he said, I've been cast down, but I'm not destroyed. When he said, I'm cast down, but not destroyed. Uh, other translation says, I've been knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Actually, if you'll read Hebrews chapter 11, which is the faith chapter, there's a lot of people in Hebrews 11 that got knocked down. <laughs> There's no perfect people in Hebrews chapter 11, which means you don't have to really be perfect in that sense to not have a spirit of faith. You have a spirit of faith in the face of your imperfections or your challenges. Amen. And so in Hebrews 11, he says, by faith, by faith, 20 times. One day I was just reading the whole chapter and I counted. It says 20 times, by faith, by faith. One, one of it says, through faith. And then one translation, the Message Bible says, by an act of faith. So you're really only one act away from living in the realm of impossibility. Just one act of faith. You go by an act of faith. No matter what you've been through, no matter what kind of challenge you have, by faith, by faith, 20 times. So no matter what you're facing, you're going to overcome it by faith. For you to reach your destiny, you're going to get there by faith. So there will not be any other way that's going to happen except by faith. In other words, don't be asking God for a special deal. It's just going to have to be by faith. So that means every one of us as believers have to learn how faith works and where faith comes from because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it becomes mandatory to learn about faith. And you really get to learn all your life. You keep growing. You keep understanding how faith works and how to step out of the natural and step into the supernatural. That living by faith is simply living by revelation knowledge. In other words, living by faith is just living by a different set of information. You know what I mean? People in the world live by one set of information. You call that sense knowledge. But when you live by faith, you live by a whole different kind of knowledge. Come on, I know my Redeemer lives. I mean, I know whom I have believed. So you're really living in this realm of revelation knowledge that I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Someone said it this way. If you believe that God is everything the Bible says he is, then you must believe that you are everything the Bible says you are. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, if you believe... That God is everything the Bible says he is, then you must believe that you are everything the Bible says you are because of who you are in Christ in the blood. So I got this other uh, translation. This is the, uh, the uh, Passion Translation for 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and it says this. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Now, so sometimes the spirit of faith just gets you up and refuse, you refuse to quit. You refuse to give up. Amen. No matter what you're facing, you, we have the same spirit of faith. Amen. So go back to 2 Corinthians 4.13 when Paul said, that's what we have. Amen. That's what we have. So if he said, if you have it, you should acknowledge, I know I got it. So you may not be the most talented. You may not be the smartest knife in the drawer. 
Just a joke. <laughs> Sharpest light in the room. You may not be the most educated. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know. Anyway, so you may not be the, the smartest, right? May not be the most talented. You may not be the most educated. But none of those things will really take you where you want to go anyhow. What's going to get you where you want to go is the spirit of faith. Once you have the spirit of faith, then you say, I can get where I need to go with that, the spirit of faith. That's what I have. And Paul said, that's what we are having. In other words, that's what we maintain. And he says, even though it's uh, my outward man may be going through the challenge, my inward man is renewed day by day. Praise the Lord. So he said, while we look not at things that are seen, Things that are seen are temporary. Things that are not seen are eternal. So the spirit of faith deals with eternal, unseen realities so that you believe the unseen is greater than the seen. Hmm. So the psalmist David had the spirit of faith when he was 17. Come on, kill the lion, kill the bear, kill Goliath. He's the only one that would even talk back to Goliath. He's a teenager. He, he never learned to doubt. Let's try this out over. I said, never learn to doubt. Come on, just, we were just with Jesse Duplantis. He said, that's the title of his new book, I Never Learned to Doubt. Praise the Lord. Amen. So David had it at 17, amen? Come on, some radical changes can happen in your life just as a teenager. Your desire to follow the Lord. At 17, David had a spirit of faith. Joshua and Caleb had a spirit of faith at 80 years old. So they weren't even looking for a rocking chair. They weren't even figuring their retirement, you know, and watching the stock market and breaking out in a sweat. Come on. They weren't trying to figure out where the best environment was for them to retire. Come on now. They, went, they said, give us this mountain until the day that I die. I still believe God. I still believe I'm well able to possess the land. In other words, at 80 years old. Come on. Some people are ready to quit, you know, at 40 and 50 and... 16, I mean, so oh. All right. So let's go to this part. He says, number one is an attitude. That means when you have a spirit of faith, let's just say it this way. If you've never spoken back to your television, you probably do not have a spirit of faith. Because you have a spirit of faith, you hear some of the stuff they're saying, and you're going, that is a lie. <laughs> Are y'all still here? In other words, the spirit of faith, you live with an attitude, come on, a little different attitude. In other words, you do not have a victim mentality, come on, of what's going on around you. And you're not limited, you're unlimited, because if you can believe, all things are possible. In other words, you maintain a spirit of faith even in the most difficult, challenging times of your life. Woo, come on, you walk by faith and not by sight. That's, that's what I have, amen. That's what we have, and when you have it and you know it, come on. Then some people, it actually intimidates them. So you kind of have to have different friends than other. <laughs> it's true, I mean, you kind of, some people get intimidated when you're around, I think, I think they're arrogant. 
because you're always believing and speaking, you know, declaring the Word of God. And so that intimidates some people. They're like, I sure hope they go through a terrible time. <laughs> Come on, your enemies almost want you to have trouble. <laughs> the spirit of faith, I like what Brother Copeland, because a good friend of mine, Pastor Charles Callan in Nashville, Tennessee, he's 80 years old now and still pastoring. And, um, and uh, he said the first time he heard Kenneth Copeland preach, he said, I got up and he said, I'm leaving the room. He said, because I've never heard such an arrogant man in all of my life. He said, so I said, I'm leaving. And he's born again, spirit-filled preacher. He said, I'm leaving. When he heard Brother Copeland. He said, the Lord said to him, you sit back down. He said, because I'm fixing to teach you something. So he said, I sat back down. He said, by the time Brother Copeland was finished, he thought, wow, now that's a, that's a total different perspective there. What is it? Well, I, 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 uh, I was, was talking to Brother Copeland not long after that, and I said, do you know Brother Charles Cowan? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, I know Charles. I said, in Nashville, you know. I said, he said the first time, <laughs> first time he ever heard you, he thought you were the most arrogant, smart, cocky man he had ever heard. And I was going to finish the story, but he jumped in. And uh, I said, <laughs> and he said, you was the most arrogant man. And, and Brother Copeland said, well, that's because he never heard anybody with a spirit of faith. Wow. Let's try it again. Come on. Yes. I said, well, I was going to finish, you know, saying that now you've changed his life and blessed him immensely. So I told Charles later what I did, and he said, well, thanks, Mark. So anyway, so... <laughs> So many people are intimidated by someone with the spirit of faith. But when you have a spirit of faith, you cannot be intimidated by anything in this whole world. No matter how big the challenge is, no how big the problem is, when you have a spirit of faith, your faith is literally in God. So he said the spirit of faith has two ingredients. Number one, I believe. So your belief system is found in the word of God. I believe. I'm a believer. Everybody say, I'm a believer. And I'm not a doubter. I believe God. I believe the Word of God. So number one, I'm a believer. I believe. But then he said the other ingredient is you must speak. I believe and I speak. So the spirit of faith cannot be silent. Even the devil don't care what you believe. If you'll be quiet about it. Come on, and the enemy will try to shut your mouth when you have a spirit of faith. Because when you believe and speak, you open the door to the supernatural, and mountains are going to move, and the scenery is going to change, and you're going to make progress towards the blessing of God in your life. So I believe and I speak. In other words, even in your attitude, the whine has left your voice. All right, let's just try this out over. In other words, you don't have a victim mentality. Come on, you don't whine. Some people, even when they speak the word, they kind of have a little whine. Little whine. Little whine. 
You'll say, now say this scripture here. I can do all things. They go, I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me. In other words, the whine has to leave your voice. Because if God is for you, it does not matter who is against you. Amen. <laughs> when you have faith in God. So it takes the victim and the whine out of your voice. Come on, it puts praise in your voice. And you lift up your voice. Praise the Lord. So one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in, in, in the book of Acts. And it says at midnight, Paul and Silas were in the prison at midnight. And their backs were bleeding. They had been beaten. They're in the inner prison. They're locked up. Their hands are bound. Their feet are bound. Their backs are bleeding. And at midnight, they lifted up their voices to God, began to sing praises to God. And it says, and the prisoners heard them. Let's try that again. So this was not a silent prayer. Silent prayers get silent results. In other words, at midnight, they lifted up their voices to God. Amen. Begin to praise God in the middle of the prison. And something happened. The power of God. Come on, the power of God hit that prison, shook the whole prison. Doors came open. Chains fell off. And everybody came out of prison. Come on now. Two people with the spirit of faith can change the outcome for everybody else that's in the prison. Two people with the spirit of faith. <laughs> Man, they're praising God, lifting their voices to God. And the Lord said to me, your voice is your address in the realm of the spirit. Your voice. In other words, the power of God comes down to your address when you lift your voice. Hallelujah. My voice, ooh, I lifted my voice. They lifted their voices to God. Praise the Lord. In other words, God's uh, power knew exactly their address. In other words, the power did not shake a prison across town. And Paul said, you missed. In other words, <laughs> their voice <laughs> and the power of God. How many of y'all believe in the power of God? I have faith in the power of God. Come on, tremendous power towards us who believe. And that power came down. Well, so I was reading that one day, and so I thought, well, I'm going to check out this video when I get to heaven. How many believe you can check out videos when you get to heaven? You say, uh, I'd like to check out that one in Acts chapter 26. So while I was studying on it, um, I thought, well, I could just imagine the Apostle Paul. Here he is with Silas in prison. One preacher said in there, son Timothy was at home without a babysitter. Anyway, so it's Paul and his wife Silas. So he was ignorant, but three people got saved on that sermon. So listen, so Paul and Silas, who was not his wife, anyway, we're in prison. <laughs> Sorry, I preach all the time. I have to entertain myself sometimes. <laughs> so they're in prison. <laughs> Coming in pain, midnight. 
And I imagine the Apostle Paul, you know, they could have done a lot of things, couldn't they? They could have started complaining, like, it's your idea to come over here, you know. <laughs> Great man of God, you are led by the Spirit, I suppose. How <laughs> I many you know that's the easiest thing to start attacking each other? So instead, they're in prison, and they're, Paul's going, well, all right, devil. Looks like you did a good job. I'm embarrassed, beat up, in pain, bleeding, hands are bound, feet are bound, in the inner prison. But devil, you made one big mistake. You should have taped my mouth shut. <laughs> you should have taped my mouth shut. Because <laughs> as long as I can move my mouth, I can move a mountain if I can lift my voice. So I refuse to be silent at this time in my life. I lift up my voice to God. My faith is in God. My faith is in the blood of Jesus. And he started praising and singing praise to God. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Ha-ha. <laughs> Have faith in God. I'll go to Mark eleven twenty two, and I'll try to finish up here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Y'all find Mark eleven twenty two. Now, here's the way Dad Hagen said it. Many people are looking for the spectacular, and they're missing the supernatural. All right, let's go over that again. Many people are looking for the spectacular, they missed the supernatural. So Dad Hagen said the door to the supernatural swings on two hinges. Number one, I believe. Number two, I speak. So he said believing and speaking <laughs> opens the door to the supernatural. So if you're tired of natural results, let's try this side over here. Come on, he said, well, I've done all I can do. I've been done all I can do, and it's all I can do. Yeah, we're pretty much tired of all you can do also. But anyway, if you're tired of natural results and you want supernatural results, I can just tell you two things that will open up the door of the supernatural. Number one, I believe God. I believe the Word of God. And number two, I speak or I lift my voice and agree with God or exercise the authority that I have as a believer. Yeah. All right, Mark eleven twenty-two. let's read this. Praise the Lord. What time is it? All right, y'all getting hungry? All right, how many think you can last 10 minutes? Sorry, 10 more minutes. Jesus answering said unto them, <laughs> I won't go too long, I'm getting hungry myself. So, <laughs> Jesus Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Now, my daddy said it to me this way. There is a God, and I'm not him. That basically meant he was not going to be sending me no money. <laughs> in other words, you better get a job, and you better have faith in God. <laughs> So I left home. I really left home. Anyway, so when Jesus said to have faith in God, you know, that could really be your response to a lot of stuff, all kinds of stuff. 
price of gas. But my attitude was kind of like Brother Copeland's. Years ago, Brother Copeland, price of gas went up years ago, and, and somebody said, I tell you, price of gas, I need price of gas. And he goes, wait, that just makes it easier for me to get a jet. <laughs> In other words, people with a spirit of faith think totally different, you know. <laughs> you say, now they'll be getting rid of the bigger vehicles. I always wanted a dually. All right, so, so when you have faith in God, <laughs> well, I got this big motorhome, boy, and I, every, every RV park I'd go into, I had the best motorhome in it. And I was a young guy back in those days, so the, the retired people would come by, and they'd say, I've been saving all my life to get a motorhome, and you come in here, you're 30 years old, and got that big motorhome. How'd you get that? I said, well, my daddy's rich. They said, well, that's what we figured. I said, you know my daddy is? He is God. <laughs> and he's no respecter of persons, if you can believe God. My father is rich in houses and lands. He holds all the wealth of this world in his hands. Come on, of rubies and diamonds, silver and gold. I am an heir to his wealth. I have riches untold. In other words, the spirit of faith affects Every area of your life. Every area of your life. So when Jesus said, have faith in God, I believe he probably told me that a few times. I like the way he said it to Pastor Mac Hammond. It's Pastor Mac's friend of ours, Pastor Minneapolis. And um, he was going through some challenges. And he said, the Lord said to him, when are you going to act? Like you have a covenant with God. All right, let's try that again. Come on, have you ever been going through some challenges? And you're like, man, all that's going on around me. And the Lord just say to you, when are you going to act like you have a covenant with God? One translation of this says, lay hold on God's faithfulness. And so I have a pastor friend. He said he was talking to the Lord, and he had a challenge in the the Lord said to him, remember the last time I let you down? He said, no. He said, all right, that's it. In other words, <laughs> I'm a faithful God. My faith is in God and his faithfulness, so I lay hold on his faithfulness. I don't know how. Come on now. Just because you know how faith works does not mean you know how God's going to do your miracle. Let's try that one more time. I said, just because you know how faith works. Doesn't mean you have to figure out, well, he's going to have to do this way and he's going to have to do that way. No, he can do it any way he wants to do it. And so he's God. That's not my job to figure out how he's going to do that. No, I'm just going to keep it simple here. I believe and I speak. I open the door of the supernatural. God will have to take it from here. Go ahead and laugh about that. All right, now, let me finish this. Hallelujah. Cast all your cares on him. He's well able to take care of it. Now, Jesus says, here's the way faith works. You're going to have faith in God. And how many think Jesus might know a little bit about faith? How many think he might be an expert? How many like to hear him teach? Well, you're hearing him right now. 
Mark 11, 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. And then Jesus said, verily I say unto you, I found verse 23, that whosoever shall say. Now, you got the NKJV, and I'm an old guy. I like the KJV. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I said, what did you say, Jesus? Jesus said, what I just did to the fig tree, anybody can do what I just did. It won't just work on a tree. It will work on a mountain. Matter of fact, your faith in God removes every impossibility in your life. Let's try this out. Come on, that mountain will have to move. It looks impossible. Every impossibility in your life has now been removed through your faith in God. Looks too big for you. Some people are so intimidated by the size of their problem that they really won't even act on the word. They go, what good is that going to be? He said, Jesus said, say to the mountain, do you see how big a mountain is? You want me to talk to it? No, Jesus said to do that. So he said, don't talk to God about it. Talk to it. Amen. Amen. So I just followed his instructions. So sometimes faith is as simple as just following instructions. Try it again. Come on. Some people just don't follow instruction. You know, I've got a bunch of employees, and I'm like, I want you to dance, 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 dance. <laughs> and I want you to do it that way and this way and that way. I'll go back and say, well, you're not listening. I told you exactly what to do. And you didn't do it. Huh. Are you having a problem with hearing? In other words, faith comes by hearing. Come on and hearing the Word of God. And sometimes faith is just simply following these instructions or the directions. Come on. So when I faced Trina when she had an inoperable brain tumor, how long ago? 30 years ago. Right? And I just stood in front of her, and I said, no, come on, there was no music. I have no goosebumps. I just stood in front of her bed, and I said, now, Mr. Tumor, you're going to have to leave her brain. And not only are you going to have to leave her brain, you're not ever coming back. And the next thing, there will be no evidence she was ever there. Because the doctor said she was going to be paralyzed for the rest of her life. I said, she will not be paralyzed. And there she is, you know, jumping all around, singing and stuff. <laughs> 30 years later. So here's what Jesus said. <clears throat> Say, say, say three times in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Say, say, say. Believe is really only in there once. So Dad Hagen said, most people are really having the trouble with their saying part. He said, but it's your words that literally can school you into faith. Even if you're struggling with doubt, you put the word of God in your mouth and you say what God has to say about it. And you're just schooling yourself into faith. Because that's where your victory is. Praise the Lord. All right, so let's look at this. I'm just about finished here. There, there is hope. Say to this mountain, be removed. Hmm. Be cast into the sea. Hmm. Do not entertain doubt in my heart. It may come to my head, but I'm not going to entertain it in my heart. But I believe, what do I believe? Those things that I say shall come to pass. And I will have whatsoever I say. So he starts with a whosoever, which means anybody can do this. 
And I think God even delights in the least likely people doing that. <laughs> you know, because the people you think are most qualified are not necessarily the ones that God considers most qualified. He said, anybody can do this. Anybody. Come on, I've met some, some pretty difficult people, you know, that, you know, actually we have a Citation three jet. And I have pilots. I've gone through quite a few pilots in 15 years, you know. And after I met a bunch of pilots, I thought, Wow, I believe I could do that. <laughs> After talking to him a while, I'm like, wow, you can fly the jet? Well, I believe I could too after I met you. Listen, in other words, God's not always looking for the smartest people. Come on now. As a matter of fact, Jesus makes it simple. This does not make you special at all. Anybody could do this. Anybody could do this. In other words, whosoever shall say, and then he said, and you have whatever or whatsoever you say. Yes. So he goes from a whosoever to a whatsoever. Right. Come on, everybody say, I'm a whosoever, and I have whatsoever I say, not what the devil says, not what they say, not even what the doctor says, not even what the government says. I have what I say, and I have faith in God. Come on, I believe God. Come on, I have a spirit of faith. <laughs> that spirit of faith, come on. The Lord told me one time, he said, if I would have added two words to the end of Mark eleven twenty three, most Christians would be faith champions. I said, uh, what two words? He said, uh, Mark eleven twenty three. put it back up there. He said, if I would have added in church, he said, because most people can control their mouth for an hour and a half in church. He said, but I didn't say he should have whatsoever he saith in church. He said, I said he'll have whatsoever he saith. So you have to watch the way you're talking at your house. You even have to watch the way you talk to yourself. Come on now, because you're making the final declaration the way things are going to turn out, that you have what you say. So the Word of God is a spoken thing. It did not come out of God's pen. It came out of God's mouth. That it was spoken before it was written, and it was written so it could be spoken. In other words, the authority is in the sound. In other words, in Genesis 1, sound came before sight. God said, then he saw. Sound came before sight. Many people are wanting a change of scenery, but God's waiting on a change of sound. Woo, come on. The authority that's in your voice, confessing and declaring the word of God and lifting up your voice in praise and magnifying the Lord, no matter how you feel, even in your house or whatever's going on around you, and you lift up your voice and then declare, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And God has ordained strength to come out of your mouth. So if you're silent, you will lose by default. Ooh, come on now. So the initial act of faith is your faith must be strong enough to move your mouth before it will move a mountain. Let's try that again. I said the initial act of faith. If you're a believer, 
is I'm going to have to say something about this. No matter how I feel. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and say, I'm fixing to say a few things right now. <laughs> Let's try that again. Come on, look in the mirror, no matter how you feel, and say, I'm fixing to say something right now. I'm going to have to do it. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Go ahead and laugh about that. Say, the Lord is my helper. Come on, I will not fear what the Democrats do unto me. I will not, sorry. Anyway, I will not fear even what the Republicans do unto me. Come on, I will not fear what any man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is the strength of my life. Woo! Man, price of gas goes up to $100 a gallon. I'm still just going to fill my tank. You say, why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity, and I never lack for money. I'm a tither. I'm a giver, and God makes all grace abound towards me. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. Hallelujah. More than enough. In other words, your voice or your words. He said that mountain will be removed. There will be no evidence it was ever there. Go ahead and laugh about that. Say, you know what? Come on, you say, whatever happened to that situation? You say, ah, well, disappeared. You'll have to tell other people that you actually had that problem because there is no evidence you have it now. Ha, 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 ha. Everybody say, I have. We have the same spirit of faith. No spirit of fear. I have a spirit of faith. I believe. And I speak, and nothing shall be impossible. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. I have faith in God. Faith comes first. Feelings come next. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I have faith in the name of Jesus. I will not be silent about it. I will lift my voice. I am a carrier, and I am contagious. I have a spirit of faith. I live with an attitude. I have an attitude. I walk with an attitude. I talk with an attitude. I have faith in God. Well, give the Lord a shout. Come on up here, Pastor. <laughs> well, I got an attitude of faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Pastor Mark says, if you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you'd move it. If you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you'd move it. Speaking to your mountain, not about your mountain. You know, we were saying that, just a, a great testimony. And, uh, you know, we've gotten to the place, you know, they're on the news. Every time it goes up, Tasha will sometimes announce, oh, my God, gas went up again. So we have to just say right off the bat, we look... God supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because, I mean, it'll just come every day. And you just have to talk back to that. Nope. You know, if it goes up, God supplies our every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we were down in Atlanta uh, just ministering in a church there. Most of you know Brother Larry Hutton. And uh, I was talking to him, and I'd seen some things that he was in Salt Lake City. He said, well, did you see, did you see the, 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 he goes, you must have seen me when I had a Band-Aid on the side of my face. 
And uh, I said, well, I, did, I actually didn't see that. And he said, uh, well, he showed me a picture. He, he got a tumor on the side of his face, and it was out there. And he said, I was at a point where, man, that thing just started to grip me. I was thinking, what, what's Liz going to do without me? What's my family going to do without me? What am I going to do? He said, God just grabbed him with that same thing. He said, when are you going to start speaking to your mountain instead of speaking about it? And he began to speak to that thing. And he had asked me because it was a few weeks before. He said, did you see that Band-Aid? Well, I didn't see that Band-Aid. But while he was giving us that testimony, he had brand new skin. There was no tumor. There was nothing there because he began to speak to that thing instead of about that thing. And the enemy will come and try to create that. Well, what's going to happen? What am I going to do when if this thing keeps going on? And it's very easy. I mean, it's just subtle, and the enemy moves you over. So the importance, that's just a testimony. God's not a respecter of persons. Just a testimony, again, to confirm. He started speaking to his mountain because health was on the other side of it. The mountain was like, what, this thing is growing. It's getting bigger. But God says, I have health for you on the other side of this, but you have to speak to this, not about it, to it. And it's so easy, that that thing, to determine, I'm going to speak to that thing. I'm going to speak to that thing because it's easy. A doctor's report, start speaking about it, speaking about what the doctor said, speaking about that result. It just kind of is easy to go in that flow. You have to take a stand against that and speak to that. Whatever it is, whether it's financial, physical, emotional, whatever, get that word of God and start speaking the word of God to that situation. If emotionally you get stirred up, take the things about peace and begin to put them up and speak right to that emotional situation, the peace of God, the the direction of God. The word is so powerful in our mouth and in our heart. The word of God is life-changing. I love what he said. He said people will be intimidated by the spirit of faith. And the reason is the devil's still working. The devil is intimidated when you and I have a spirit of faith. The devil is intimidated when you have a spirit of faith. Amen? So the things that we've learned this morning are incredibly valuable. They're incredibly, wherever you were, you say, well, I've, I've heard that before. But if you're growing, you're in a slightly different place today when you heard that. And if you take what you heard today to apply where you are right now and apply to where you're going, watch a transformation from where you've been and how it's been going to what you do today and where you go with that. Sometimes we think about what we've heard and what we know and what we have confessed. But what he was saying today is we're not going back to that. That brought us to wherever we are. But today, there's a word in season today. For someone here, maybe more people, there's a word he said today. I'm just telling you this by the Spirit of God. He said something today. Don't let the devil say, well, you already tried that. Don't do that. He said something today that you take that word and you begin to speak to your issue. And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've been saying. Take what God is saying to you right now, today, what you are hearing through, through the voice of Pastor Mark, but God's speaking to you and say, don't let the devil talk you out of it. You say, I'm going to start speaking to that thing today and watch Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's going to be some resistance. You stay with it. Next week, you'll start to see changes. 
and that thing's going to change. Somebody in here, God's saying, he's trying to tell you, don't worry about that. I'm telling you something today about your issue. Grab a hold of it and speak to that. Grab a hold and speak to that. And watch. It won't even be a week, and it will start. Everything won't change, but you'll see a difference. You'll see a difference. God will give you more, and you'll speak that thing through to the other side. Come on. You speak that thing through to the other side. You ever coach somebody to the other side? You know, sometimes you have to coach little ones to jump into the pool. So you're talking to them the whole time. It's going to be all right. I'm here to catch you. No, you're not. I'm here to catch you. I'm here to catch you. I'm here. And you coach them all the way in. So that word that God is putting in your heart, you're going to speak it, and he's going to give you something. He's going to get you speaking all the way through to the other side. God's got a testimony for you. Come on, it's on the other side of whatever you're dealing with. He's got a testimony for you. I'm going to be looking for that testimony. But don't stop. What you start saying, listen, and watch him get you to talk your way right through it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We can miss it, but I believe that's for somebody right here, right now. And I'm looking for that testimony. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you taught the word today? I know you were. Glory to God. Bible tells us that if we're taught the word, we communicate with the teacher in all good things. In all good things. And so I like it. Uh, you know you know this. We've said this before. Value judgment. It's a great time. At the end of a service like this, when we've received something that's stern on the inside, God's speaking to us to make that value judgment. He says it's no big deal. If we've received of spiritual substance, which we have, the word of God is spiritual, and we've received a spiritual, eternal substance, is it any big deal that we communicate with the teacher of a natural substance? And so we look and we determine right now, we get to think about it and determine, man, I've received something. That was good word. That was the word of God. And the word of God that gets in me and abides forever changes everything. The revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ changes everything about my life moving forward. So is it any big deal that I communicate with that teacher, that gift of God, in natural substance that God's put in my life? And God says when we honor him in that way, when we honor the gift of God in that way, just as we said in offering, God is able to do more than we could ever imagine as we just honor the word of God, as we honor really the gift of God through this exchange that we have in bringing our offerings and communicating uh, what we value and how we value that. Amen? Praise the Lord. So if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. If you're giving by text, the number is up there. If you're watching this morning, you can go online and, and uh, push the button there, or the give button, involve, uh, get involved with us, even though you're there, uh, in giving and receiving. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Say it again. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Great is God's faithfulness to me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we ready?
Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. We're so grateful, God, for the word that was spoken today. We're thankful. As we receive it into our heart, that it goes down deep and it begins to take root. And your word declares that it will grow up and it will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. In every life that has received it, it will continue to produce till it has come to full fruition and produced all that it was intended to produce. So we thank you. We declare that for each and every life has heard and received this, that the word of God will begin to bring it forth with great fruition. And Father, we thank you as we've heard that word, that now we have an opportunity to exchange, to communicate with the teacher in all good things. We thank you for the provision that you have given to us, that we're able to sow this seed, but we command the, the blessings of the word of God upon each and every one as they give. It'll be returned to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give into their bosom? I thank you, Lord God, that you cause grace, all grace, to abound to these givers. All grace, with all sufficiency in everything, that they're able to give again with great generosity. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass the buckets. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know how many books are out there. I can just tell you this. While the buckets are going by, uh, you know, we were at that conference there, so we picked up those books. Well, actually, they gave us uh, the new books, and so we took a little time off, read those books, um, and uh, Tasha read uh, The Great Confession. Uh, I read uh, God Kind of Life and uh, Honor. And I'll tell you, uh, if you get that book, Honor, it talks about honoring your spouse, Honoring your parents, honor, just honor, and how God deals with honor. Just an incredible, incredible book uh, that works with every area of your life, every situation that you're in, and really speaks to how God looks at it. Uh, you know, our mind, the enemy, try to get us uh, into places of dishonor, and, and we don't understand exactly why something's not flowing into our life like it should. And sometimes it's just a, a small adjustment of looking at the people around us and, and honoring uh, who they are, what God's done in our life that way. And the God kind of life, uh, he taught on it first service, tremendous, tremendous testimony, just people talking about it when they were going out of first service, God kind of life. And so uh, that book table's out there for you, information that you can get it down. Word of God, they're full of scriptures and the word of God, again, that you can put into you over and over. You can speak out uh, life-changing, faith-building materials out there. Uh, you want to avail yourself to that as you go. Why don't you stand up with me? Say this we go, what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me.